Whether it's golf, grandkids, or world travel, retirement offers plenty of choices. You save for it. You've earned it. Now enjoy it. Before the big day, make sure you take a look at federal income taxes you're likely to face on several sources of retirement income. Welcome in to your retirement with Sam Welcome once again to Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton for Dual Financial Strategies. At its studio, we have Sam Duell and Luke Van Abel this week. And we're ready to uh, talk a little bit about your retirement uh, with your retirement lifestyle review that they can perform for you. And uh, again, uh, with uh, many retirees not taking into consideration the cumulative impact of federal and state income taxes, as Sam said before, on your withdrawals and from uh, your nest eggs in general, uh, we want to break down some areas of retirement income that will be taxed. Because as we all know, Sam, you, uh, well, I don't know if you're the Uncle Sam, you're the different Sam, but Uncle Sam is one of our partners uh, in our retirement, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, and that means taxing uh, traditional IRAs and 401ks, doesn't it? Yeah, indeed it does. And that is the, I believe that is the biggest mistake that pre-retirees make uh, um, in their planning. They just don't think about these things, and unfortunately they're not being educated in them, Chuck. Um, savers love those tax deferred accounts, you know, those 401ks, the 403bs, the 457 accounts, those money that accounts that you've been having money taken out of your paycheck every couple of weeks and socked away in there. Well, now that thing has grown and it's, you know, 500, 750,000, a million, a million five. That's the type of accounts we see every day walking into our door. And the thing that you're forgetting is that you did, in fact, make a deal with the devil a long, 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 long time ago. And you've got that million dollars in your 401k account, but the challenge there is that that's not your million dollars. In current situations, you've already bequeathed probably about 27% of that to the federal and the state government. Because what happens when the money gets pulled out of these types of accounts is that you were given a credit, quotations, for that money when it went in. It's never been taxed. The gains have never been taxed. So now when you take it out of there, it's taxed at ordinary income levels. No different than your job taxes you. It's exactly the same way that Uncle Sam in the state of Wisconsin are going to tax you when you take money out of that 401k. And you've also got a partner in there because at age 72, you will start a mandatory mandatory forced distribution of that money coming out of those qualified accounts regardless. So it's so, so important that you be thinking about tax planning. I see you talking all the time about risk planning. You never, ever sat down and have a conversation with anyone regarding what's going to be the future tax impact on that. And what if taxes go up? Now you've got yourself a real issue. Well, the big thing, too, Sam, uh, unfortunately, we're talking about people who are uh, uh, not at that RMD level like I am right now. I'm 70 years of age, so I don't have a lot of time to put uh, shelter money into a Roth or something like that. So if we're talking about people uh, in our audience that are about six, seven years away from retirement, they're at the ideal time, aren't they, Luke, to start thinking about Roths, uh, Roth conversions, Roth contributions, and Roth IRAs in general, because guess what? Uncle Sam can't touch those things, at least at this report. That is correct, Chuck. Yeah, and the Roth IRA, you know, that comes with some long-term tax advantages. Um, the contributions to these accounts are are not deductible from a tax perspective, you know, while we're making them, but the withdrawals down the road are going to be tax-free. And especially if we see increase in tax rates, 
we're going to see a huge advantage where you paid taxes in a lower environment and now are taking them out and, and benefiting from that. But there's two other important caveats that you need to consider uh, when it comes to the Roth IRA, and that is you must have held your Roth IRA account for at least five years before you can take tax-free withdrawals. Um, that is the gains. And although you can withdraw the amount you contributed, and this is something that most people aren't aware of, you can contribute the amount that you put in, your contributions, right away. Because again, you've paid taxes on that. But generally, you must be 59 and a half years old to withdraw those gains out. Otherwise, you're going to face a 10% early withdrawal penalty on those gains. Okay, so uh, that uh, is very, very clear. But I guess what isn't uh, too clear is uh, the ramification, Sam, of pensions uh, in terms of uh, tax and uh, the, uh, the ability to Uncle Sam to uh, grab into that pension plan. That pension is going to be taxed exactly the same way that IRA or that 401k is going to be. It's taxed as ordinary income. You see that, that pension money, that's called pre-tax money as well. And on top of that, if you have a pension, it's likely that you never put any money into that. Your employer put every dime into that pension plan. So 100% of that money that's coming out of there is going to be taxable. This is why you have to sit down and you have to make these very, very um, concise calculations to determine, okay, when I get to 72, <clears throat> what's this all going to look like? It sounds really good. I'm going to start my pension at 62, and then I'm going to start my Social Security. And I've got this income coming in, and you're saying, oh, well, heck, Sam, between the Social Security and the pension, that meets my income needs. This is perfect. The problem is you've still got that 401k sitting out there that's worth a million dollars, and at age 72, we're going to have required minimum distributions triggered out of that. So that's why they call this planning is because you have to think ahead. You have to think ahead and outside of the typical planning parameters that you typically see because it's about taxes, it's about taxes, it's about taxes. Forget market risk. You get all focused on market risk and all Twitter pated about it, and you're voluntarily giving up more than a quarter of your entire life savings because mm -hmm. you never spend a second with your advisor or Worse yet, they don't spend a second with you talking about what taxes are going to look like. And Luke, part of your portfolio includes, I'm sure in a lot of our listeners' cases, stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. So let's talk about those tax ramifications. Uh, you, you can't get away scot-free or go into the witness protection plan there either, can you? No, you can't. And, and specifically when we're talking about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds here, we're talking about money that's held outside of your qualified IRAs, 401ks, and things like that, uh, because we really have two different ways that we're taxed. We've got ordinary income, which is money that we've made from a job business or from the IRAs and 401ks. And then we've also got capital gains. And so if we hold investments outside of an IRA, now, depending on how long we hold that asset, so if we hold it for more than a year, uh, then we're taxed at long-term capital gains rates of either zero, 15%, or 20%. And so it's important to keep these sort of in perspective because when we compare um, these rates to our overall top what we would call marginal brackets or the ways that we're taxed on our other income uh, from a business or from your working, the top tier there is 37%. So there's a big difference between these two and you wanna make sure that you're focused on um, where's the money 
and how are we going to take it out so that you know the tax impact? All right, let's talk about the uh, tax implications of annuities because a lot of people have them and of uh, various types. Sam, uh, what about it? Well, annuities are annuities are taxed in a little bit different way. Actually, one one of the things about annuities that can be appealing is that they're tax deferred. Again, meaning that you don't pay any taxes on the gains as long as the money stays inside of an annuity. But when you take it out, it's no different than anything else. It's ordinary income tax. You don't get taxed at capital gains rates on annuities. You don't get taxed at any of those sorts of things. You get taxed at ordinary income rates, and you will get taxed on that back to what would be called your basis or how much did you put into it so let's say you put a hundred thousand dollars into it and now it's worth a hundred and fifty thousand dollars and then you turn it on for income you're using it as an income stream it's like your personal pension plan that you have in place well what they're going to do is they're going to put in a pro rata formula that every payment you have will account for some of that principal some of your cost basis and some of the interest but remember annuities Although they are tax deferred while you have them, they do not enjoy any sort of special tax privilege. And one other point, putting an IRA inside of a tax deferred annuity doesn't give you any sort of like double tax deferral or anything like that. It's just that both of the vehicles are functioning the same way. All right. We're talking taxes here and uh, what happens in retirement to uh, various vehicles you might have with uh, both uh, Sam Duell and Luke Van Abel of uh, Duell Financial Strategies. And uh, you can reach them at 866-203-7486 for that no cost, no obligation assessment of your situation. So as we wrap up this segment here, Luke and Sam, uh, you get taxed basically on uh, dividends. Uh, as well, Luke, right? And municipal bonds, right, Sam? Yeah, so for the dividends, when we, for money that's held outside of IRAs again, um, you own a company and they pay you to own that. That money trickles into the account and it becomes taxable when you receive it. Even if that money is reinvested, into the account you're going to receive a statement for it think about your your savings account you know all that interest that we're making there um you receive a 1099 statement the same is going to occur for dividends so you want to be mindful in those non-iras how those are positioned what type of tax exposure you have um if you're maybe not even needing that money yet if you're still kind of in that planning phase for retirement in that retirement red zone yeah, and if you've got municipal bonds, now that interest, Luke, is usually exempt from federal taxes. Most always Correct. municipal bond is, is exempt. So people get very attracted to municipal bonds for that reason. Likewise, if it is a... Uh, if it's a municipal bond that's in your home state, you're typically exempt from state income taxes, but you do have to check and make sure that it qualifies for that. But the thing that you have to keep in mind with municipal bonds is a couple of different things. First of all, you have to keep in mind that bonds can fluctuate in value. Mm -hmm. If you're buying it for the income that's coming off of it, that's one thing. But if you're buying it thinking that you're going to purchase it and it's some sort of an asset that's going to go up in value, that may not be the case. We're seeing that right now interest rates are rising the face value of bonds are falling so this can be a risky proposition for you and the other thing to remember on municipal bond interest for those of you that are going to be drawing social security we're not going to go into this in detail but there is a formula that goes into place called provisional income formula for social security that determines how much of your social security gets taxed whether they tax all of it or excuse me whether they tax 85 percent of it they tax 50 percent of it or they tax none of it and what is not commonly understood is that one of the pieces of that formula mm -hmm. is municipal bond interest right so while it's exempt from federal taxes the federal government does not exempt that uh 
that uh, interest that you made on those municipal bonds from the formula to determine how much of your social security are they going to take away from And I'm working with a client right now, Sam, that's in that situation. She's had a bunch of municipal bonds. They've been fantastic until she's like, wait a second here. Yeah. This is making my social security get taxed in a big way. I met a lady one time years ago, Luke, that um, the advisor had literally taken her portfolio and converted it into mutual mutual funds, or excuse me, municipal Municipal funds for the tax benefits of it quote unquote she was paying no taxes on social security prior to that all of a sudden she's paying taxes on 85 percent of it because he didn't understand unfortunately the way that those formulas work all right so if you've got any questions about uh, taxation on your retirement portfolio uh, you've got to talk to the great people at dual financial strategies because they've got over a score of years of experience and uh, you can do it at no cost no obligation right now at 866-203-7486 and uh, get that retirement lifestyle review because taxes are a part of it as sam and luke said before you don't own your whole ira portfolio or your 401k you've got a partner in uncle sam as opposed to sam dual 866-203-7486 is the number that's 866-203-7486 what's coming up next sam well the u.s senate is expected to vote soon on what's being called secure act 2.0 The original Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Act was passed in 2019, and it brought many changes to retirement planning. So what's in 2.0? Details when we come right back. And this is uh, Your Retirement. Chuck Caton here uh, on behalf of Dual Financial Strategies, along with Sam Dual and Luke Van Abel. Uh, they're in studio here at uh, 866-203-7486. And again, that is 866-203-7486. Anywhere in the Fox Valley, from Green Bay to uh, Appleton, anywhere you're listening to us, you've got to remember uh, that uh, Dual Financial Strategies are, are good people to work with when it comes to your planning for retirement. And as Sam said before the break, Uh, The U.S. House uh, has passed SECURE Act uh, 2.0 overwhelmingly by a a vote of uh, 414 to 5. Yes. I think the Green Bay Packers would like to have that kind of a a score. Yeah, it's it's always been very popular. The SECURE Act is one of the most popular bipartisan pieces that there's been. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it it is the bipartisan uh, act that we have not seen since original Security Act was... uh, or the SECURE Act was uh, passed a couple uh, of years ago. All of this, uh, of course, with the pandemic in mind uh, that we uh, want to see in the rearview mirror. And they're at it again, and we've got some highlights here of what could uh, change in retirement planning. So let's talk about this, Sam. Uh, Again, uh, with that SECURE Act, one of the things that uh, was delayed by a year and a half was when to take those required minimum distributions, right? Yes. So originally before SECURE Act, uh, the original one in 2019, as you recall, you had to take your required distribution at 70 and a half. So what SECURE Act did was it raised it to age 72. So those of you that weren't already taking required minimum distributions, you got an extra year and a half to take that. So 2.0 is going to again raise the age where you have to take required minimum distributions. It's going to move it up to 75 over a 10-year time frame. So, for example, that means that uh, in uh, January 1st of 2023, it increases to 73. Then to age 74 on January 1st of 2030, 
and then it rises to 75 on January 1st of 2033. So this could help you keep that money inside of those uh, those uh, tax taxable accounts, IRAs and things like that, longer. However, <laughs> as we talked about before, taxes, 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 you have to look at this from a very commonsensical point of view. Does it make sense for you to continue to defer it? Because the longer you wait to take it out and pay the taxes on it, the more money that there is in there, the more money there is in there, there's more possibility for tax increases to be, <laughs> to be uh, levied. So, be careful. It could be a good thing, but it also could be a double-edged sword. Well, the biggest thing you've got to worry about is the divisor, uh, that because you're going to cut in more because you're going to have a shorter lifespan. Exactly. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Because the, right now, it's something like 23.7, 23.7 years, if I'm not mistaken, but it, yep. it could go to uh, 15 years. And oh, and yeah, it's, that's the thing, is the older you get with these IRAs, the more money you have to take out of it because a divisor is life expectancy. Right. So the older you get, the goal is your money goes to the folks in Washington for them to earmark it and pork barrel it as much as they possibly can. Yeah. So the older you get, the more of it they need. I mean, and the other side, and, and we don't want to get too much into it right now, but the other big thing that changed with the Secure Act, right, was that the stretch IRA went away. Yes, it did. No longer, so, that's no, longer no longer can you pass that asset on to your kids and they just take it out over their lifetime or pass it on to your grandkids. Now they're forced to take it out over 10 years. So if you're waiting to take your required distribution and now you've got more money in there, well, they're inheriting more money and they're getting taxed. All right, let's well. talk, uh, Luke, about penalties. What happens with these RMD penalties if you don't comply? So currently and before the um, Secure Act went into place, you there was a fifty percent, five zero percent penalty for not taking your required distribution. This is one of the harshest penalties that um, we see from Uncle Sam. Uh, but they are looking through the Secure Secure Act two point to reduce this down by half to twenty five percent. And if you're able to, so if you miss it and you're able to correct. Um, missing that required distribution in a timely manner, then the penalty would only be 10%. All right. uh, So uh, what do we do about all of this now? Uh, Is there uh, some things we can do with our retirement savings plans, uh, Sam and uh, Luke, that uh, can help mitigate this? Well, I mean, one of the things that that you just have to look at again is is planning on these things because as these rules change there's a lot of rules that are inside of this of this thing chuck that has to do with people that are still working uh things like auto enrollment and retirement savings plans well for most of you that are coming in and talking to us you're not auto, worried about auto rolling inside of a savings plan you're actually auto rolling out of a right. savings plan because you're getting ready to retire um there's going to be some incentives for contributing to the retirement account maybe some more uh employer matching funds for student loans, all things that most people uh, that are dealing with us don't particularly care about. Uh, but one of the things, Chuck, that's uh, that's coming up that we'll talk about in a little bit is bigger catch-up contributions. Yeah. Um, but I know that there were some things that you were talking to us about before we came on air today, um, and you said that there was a, there was an interview that was done recently uh, with someone from Price Waterhouse Coopers uh, about the amount of money that's in 401ks and things today. Absolutely, and it was Bernadette Geis, uh, uh, who is a leader at Price Weber. Uh, uh, at least at Price Waterhouse, uh, the uh, United States Asset and Wealth Management and Trust Division, and uh, Bernadette had uh, this to say on uh, those of you saving for retirement. We have roughly 45 million Americans that are going to retire in the next 10 years, and the median savings is $120,000. 
which would equate to $1,000 a month over a 15-year period. So with life expectancies being well beyond 15 years and the you know, rising costs of health care and other retirement needs, $1,000 a month simply isn't going to be sufficient. All right. So again, what do we do here? And uh, you touched on it, Sam, but Luke, you can amplify on this here because with the SECURE Act, you've got to start saving more money, uh, Americans, those of you in our listening audience. And that means uh, perhaps, as uh, Sam touched on, bigger catch-up contributions to your uh, 401k. Right. Especially for people that might feel behind, you know, maybe they're under that median or over that median, but they certainly that thousand dollars a month might not be enough for them. Um, workers that are at least 50 years old, 50 years old and older, they can make catch up provisions right now, meaning you can add an additional sixty five hundred dollars to your 401k or 403b above the twenty thousand five hundred limit for those that are under age 50. And for those of you that have uh, a simple IRA plan, maybe you are a business owner or something like that, you can contribute $3,000 more than the $14,000 cap in 2022. But under the SECURE Act 2.0, workers who are age 62 to 64 uh, will be able to contribute even more to these accounts. So they're looking at the 401k and the 403b plans being able to make an additional catch-up of $10,000. So going from 6,500 to 10,000. And then in that simple IRA, instead of the $3,000 catch-up, a $5,000 catch-up under the SECURE Act. Um, so the, the proposal is calling for catch-up limits for IRA owners as well. Um, so if you're over the age of 50, due to inflation and just indexing some of this for inflation, um, they're looking to increase the the amount that you can contribute to your IRAs as well, okay, Roth now, and traditional. Right. Now, once again, we have to emphasize that this SECURE Act 2.0 has passed the House of Representatives, but has not uh, passed, uh, at least brought up before the Senate yet, right, Sam? Correct. So That's correct. Yes. And, and so now the bottom line is, I didn't know that part-time worker retirement plans could be eligible either, because that's certainly something that we don't have right now. Yeah, that's it's going to become a requirement so that if someone is a part-timer uh, and there's a 401k plan, the employers uh, are going to be required to allow them to participate in it if they work at least 500 hours a year for three consecutive years. So there is a there's a ramp up to that and there is a, uh, um, uh, a, a bit of a, a time frame. But with 2.0, it would reduce that time frame to two years. So if you're part-time, 500 hours a year, uh, you work with that company for two years, then you can participate in a 401k plan. Again, we've got to remember that the Secure Act 2.0 still needs to pass the Senate. It's expected to pass, uh, much like it did in the House, by that overwhelming uh, margin. Uh, but there might be some additional changes, so stay tuned of what we've talked about here. Uh, in large part, uh, that'll be the final version, and it's always subject to change, right, Sam? But one thing that isn't subject to change is uh, the way you can uh, treat our listeners when they come to visit you yeah we know that all of these subjects and topics we talk about on the radio a lot of them are foreign to you we understand that you are not hearing about this from any other source uh, or you've heard about it and you're saying wait a minute what i heard is not even remotely close to what sam and luke were talking about uh, so part of our goal when you come in for a retirement lifestyle review uh, is just to educate you further if you have questions about what we talk about on the radio bring them with you that's what that time is for it's there is no agenda when you come in for one of these reviews um, 
it's basically wide open. You want to talk about topics we talk about on the radio because you need more information? That's fine. You want to come in and talk about what your retirement plans are, how we might be able to help? That's fine. You want to get a full-blown risk analysis done on your current portfolio to see if it matches up to where you're at at this point in your life? Again, that's fine. We are just here to try to help you get to that next step, point you in the right direction. You know, maybe we're a fit for you. Maybe we're not. Maybe you're a fit for us. Maybe you're not. But we do know those of you that have been very diligent savers, those of you that in most cases typically have saved at least $500,000, you seem to be benefit the most from what we talk about because you are the ones that are going to be most affected by taxes. You are the one that's going to be the most affected by required minimum distributions. You are the one that's going to be most affected by the inability now to pass that IRA onto your children in in an efficient manner. So for that reason, we find that those of you that have saved at those types of levels usually seek us out because we're giving you information and education you're not getting anywhere else. Absolutely. And the way to get that education at no cost, no obligation is to give them a call at Dual Financial Strategies at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. Again, it's that retirement lifestyle review that you've been looking for. If you're in that retirement red zone five to seven years before retirement you need to take sam luke and andy up uh, for their services here in the fox valley once again 866-203-7486 is the way you can reach sam duel and his wonderful team at dual financial strategies we've got to take a break sam what's coming up in the next segment well you know experience is a great teacher in the world of retirement planning we would be wise to learn as much as we can from someone else's experiences and mistakes and when we come back we'll dissect some famous and not so famous quotes as they relate to your retirement plan We're back here on Dual Financial Strategies, uh, and the show is Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton on behalf of Sam Duell and Luke Van Abel and Andy Schooler, who is on assignment this week. Uh, we want to make sure that anywhere you're listening to us in the Fox Valley, you will take part uh, in uh, that no-cost, no-obligation review of your retirement. Maybe you want a second opinion, or maybe you want to be like Groucho Marx and say that time flies like an arrow and fruit flies like a banana. <laughs> We're looking yeah, at quotes. I've never heard that one before. That's uh, I don't know. Groucho, the bound of Groucho Marx, would that come? <laughs> I don't know. But maybe it was Zeppo, Harpo, or uh, uh, I can't. Or Groucho. Uh, or, yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, or Chico, maybe. Uh, Chico, uh, yes. Maybe he was, uh, maybe Groucho didn't say that. Maybe one of the brothers did. But what follows are things that we all probably know, but sometimes it's good to hear uh, straightforward and ambiguously. Uh, let's... Uh, unambiguously, I should say. I'm being ambiguous when I say this, Sam, but uh, let's talk about what uh, things are. Uh, you know, people hear about the stock market, the volatility, but do they really know what it means to be a bear or a bull? Unless you're in Chicago uh, for both, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's really true. One's a football uh, team, one's a basketball team. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but you do hear bulls and bears talked about all the time. Matter of fact, uh, a guy named Jim Rogers, uh, he was the chairman of B-Lend Interests, and he was a co-founder of the Quantum Fund. He said that bottoms in the investment world don't end with four-year lows. They end with 10- or 15-year lows. Uh, and this didn't used to be the case. It didn't used to be like that. Uh, in the in the distant past, maybe not even not so distant past, economic economic cycles lasted a fairly reliable four years. You can go back and look at the stock charts and you can pretty much graph 
it out. Um, bear markets weren't as devastating because the bull markets didn't carry stocks to the nose-bleeding heights like they do now. Uh, but now efforts to prolong economic growth, they set the stage for big setbacks that could take a long time to wipe away. For example, it took the S&P 500 seven years to reclaim its peak price that was seen in 2000 after falling back to a low in 2003 that hadn't been seen since 1997. And it wasn't until 2013 that the index eclipsed the high set in 2007 after falling below the low from 03 in early 2009. So basically, in the most simple of terms, what this is saying is that bear markets can hurt a lot. You've got to be careful. And investors, you have to plan accordingly for these things, particularly if you're nearing retirement when we're due for a bear market. Right now is a perfect time for it. Are you sitting out there and you're three or four years away from retirement and you're hearing absolutely nothing from your advisor? Maybe you don't know what to do with the allocations inside of the 401k. There's an awful lot of people today that are facing, because of the economic, the market, the global situation that we have right now, that could be facing basically retirements, you know, retirement catastrophe if they're planning on retiring in the next couple of two or three years, if you don't take some action and see where you're at and make sure that you're not going to be a victim of all of this side activity that's going on. All right. We're talking about famous quotes that relate to the economics of retirement. And Luke... Let's talk about investments as entertainment. I can think of something, uh, maybe taking some money to Vegas and uh, not buying uh, tickets for the Golden Knights or the uh, the Chargers, but uh, or the Raiders, I should say, but <laughs> kind of losing it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You've got a quote for that, don't you? Yes, I do. It was Paul Samuelson. He was a f- famed economist he said investing should be more like watching paint dry or watching grass grow if you want excitement chuck you should take that 800 dollars and go out to las vegas um paul <laughs> well, was the I, I i'm not, I'm not a big soccer fan so i guess i would rather watch the paint dry but anyway. <laughs> yeah so paul was actually the first american to win the nobel memorial prize in economic science back in 1970. Um, More important to investors, he's 100% right. His advice here cuts right to the heart of what readily plagues so many investors today. So many traders treating their stocks as a form of entertainment under the guise of wealth building. You know, we're seeing that more and more with more trading going on. Like all other forms of entertainment, this approach tends to consume rather than grow money, particularly money needed for retirement. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, proposition here. And we're talking about different quotes that uh, may apply to uh, investing and getting ready uh, for uh, retirement and what to do with it. And Sam, I guess the uh, definition of forever. How long is forever in investing? Do you have a quote for that? Well, Warren Buffett does. And of course, we all know Warren Buffett is the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway. And he famously says, only buy something that you'd be perfectly happy to hold if the market shut down for 10 years. Um, so more often than not, the our favorite holding period is forever quote uh, is his his go-to option, the Oracle of Omaha. It's his go-to option to make the point that we need to think long-term. And you do need to think long-term in retirement. 
but forever is a tough idea for most of you to wrap your heads around. Um, we're so fragmented and, and so caught up in shiny things that sometimes a year can be a long time for people to try to wrap their heads around. But what we're trying to do is to pare that mental time frame down for you to only 10 years so that it's approachable for you. Because <clears throat> people like to fiddle with things. They Sometimes I say that, that people just have a hard time following a plan. And there's nothing wrong with tactical adjustments. As a matter of fact, we're in an age right now where you can't just set it and forget it. You do need tactical adjustments, but you do have to learn the, uh, the very rare trait, actually, of leaving things alone and not making change just for the sake of change. Because that way, you're not making mistakes and you're not making errors based upon short-term noise. You're actually making this based upon some quantifiable data. Yeah, prudent investing. That is what we're talking about here on New Financial Strategies and here on your retirement of this segment. And uh, if you are interested in anything that we are talking about right here and saying to yourself, you know what, uh, they know what they're talking about here, get that no-cost, no-obligation uh, consultation uh, with either Sam or Luke or Andy at 866-203-7486. Remember, no-cost, no-obligation wherever you're listening to us because leadership, Luke, can make a difference. Got a quote for that one here because uh, sometimes uh, people think it's easy to run a business sometimes they do peter lynch the manager of fidelity investments magellan fund from 1977 to 1990 said go for a business that any idiot can run because sooner or later any idiot probably is going to run it the idea here <laughs> i know something about that there's an <laughs> nhl owner that uh, is like that but anyway go ahead yeah, <laughs> it's an idea that touches on what might be the biggest pitfall investors must navigate in this current environment, and that is celebrity CEOs. You know, are you investing in Tesla or are you investing in the hard driving and brash CEO that is Elon Musk? Yeah. Are you investing in the world's biggest and most lucrative social networking platform? Or are you invested in the boyish innocence of Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg? A major leadership change in a company you own right after you re retire can rock your portfolio's value. Um, and one doesn't have to look too far to find an example of a company that just wasn't the same once a high-profile leader stepped out of the picture. Yeah. My, my mind goes to General Electric, for instance. And this was the company was basically never the same since Jack Welch retired back Oh, gosh, 2001. Yeah, yeah. 21 years. It's hard to believe, isn't it, Sam? 21 years ago for Jack. Yeah. Think yeah. about Disney right now. I mean, Disney <laughs> it just plummeted in price Yep. because all of a sudden, you know, that's, it was made known that the, the leadership in Disney now is, well, there's a doggone woke that their, you know, their eyes are basically glued open. Right. Um, I know. So these are things that have profound impacts. And and I think I would I would add on to that by saying, Chuck, one of the cardinal sins that people can do, and it doesn't matter in retirement or otherwise, but retirement can be real bad, is falling in love with a company. Mm. Right. Yep. Yeah. Never, ever fall in love with a stock. That stock doesn't know that you own it. That stock doesn't care that you own it. It has no emotions. Do not fall in love with a stock. Do not fall in love with those investments because those investments are not in love with you. Well, that's right, and that goes in sports, too, because the great Scotty Bowman, the winningest coach in National Hockey League history, Sam and Luke once said, don't fall in love with your players because yeah, exactly. uh, it's the same thing because there's going to be a time where they can't uh, do uh, and perform to the uh, level that you expect. So I guess that we'll wrap this uh, segment up here, uh, Sam, to talk 
a little bit about do we really need to save? And uh, there's a, a quote that relates to that. Yeah, there's a, well, the Russian immigrant who, who opened uh, New York City's famous The Stage Deli in 1937, uh, his name was Max Osnes. And we don't know if this quote was actually, was his, but it's attributed to him. And it's it's said that his quote was, money's something you got to make in case you don't die. And that's, that's <laughs> or, are you, or you don't like pastrami or corned beef. Right. Exactly, exactly. But it, it speaks for itself. Yes, you have to save. You have to make money because I, I got, folks, I got to tell you, I, I meet you sometimes and you're out there and you're 35, 40, 45 years old and you haven't started saving yet because the snowmobiles are more important. The cottage up north is more important. There's a lot of things that's more important. And I've been doing this now for more than two decades and I'll promise you something. You're going to get older and you're going to want to retire. And when you're going to want to retire... Here's the one thing you got to have money. Mm-hmm. You got to have money to retire. So there has to be a point in your life where you develop some sort of a discipline to where you're saving that money. I mean, we're so blessed here at Dual Strategies because those of you that come in and visit with us, um, you're you're basically you're like serial savers. As a matter of fact, most of you that come in and visit with us, you're you're the worst money spenders there is on the face of the right. planet. You're great. You're great at saving money and you're horrible at spending it. That's why you got so much of it. But you do have to save money. You do have to be ready because at the end of the day, you are going to be responsible for your retirement. You're going to be responsible for funding your retirement. We have no idea what Social Security looks like in the future. Pensions are a thing of the past. This endeavor called retirement is on your shoulders, so you better take the necessary steps to make sure that you're financing it. Absolutely. And those necessary steps include giving us a call right now at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. And what will you get? You'll get a no-cost, no-obligation sit-down with Sam or Luke or Andy, anybody at the Dual Financial Strategies team, to sit down and assess your retirement plan. Okay, have you saved enough money? Maybe you're in your late 40s, early 50s, and uh, retirement is on the horizon, maybe 10 to 15 years from now. Well, it's uh, never too early to think about what you're going to do to save for it. We just talked about it in this segment. So give Sam, Andy, or Luke a call uh, and make that no-cost, no-obligation retirement lifestyle review. Sit down and just talk about your situation with them. And as uh, they've said so many times before, you may be a fit, you may not be a fit. They may be a fit for you. Uh, maybe not for you, but find out anyway by giving a call right now at 866-203-7486. Boy, fast-moving show here, Sam, and I know your favorite segment. Uh, Luke, for that uh, uh, matter, the same, uh, is coming up next. Yeah, it's uh, you know question and answer time. So when we come back, questions from you, the listeners, uh, and hopefully answers from Luke and I. for our final segment of, uh, well, Your Retirement. That's the name of the program. I'm Chuck Caton, and I'm uh, sitting here with Sam Duell of Duell Financial Strategies and Luke Van Abel. Uh, Andy Schooler is on assignment this week. 
That doesn't mean, Sam, that she's shopping, is it? Uh, I hate no. To, okay, good. No, right. no, she's not a shopper. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad. She, as a matter of fact, she despises shopping. <laughs> she's like my wife. I, yeah, I, I can't does. even get her to go grocery shopping. She's getting uh, she, tired of that, too. She doesn't mind that. Oh, she doesn't okay. mind doing that sort of stuff. But clothes shopping or anything like that, for herself personally, she just she despises doing that. Well, that's interesting. Very good. Well, she's probably in the minority uh, of the fair sex, but uh, I'm glad. Because uh, I've got the same thing. Uh, my wife Mary is the same way. She really doesn't like to indulge herself with uh, uh, going out and getting uh, a lot of different things from, unless it's Coles. You know, I mean, well, we're yeah, Coles shoppers. Yeah. I mean, Gosh, I don't remember the last time I was in a Coles. Well, store. do you remember <laughs> when Coles had food? Uh, you're probably yes. older. Okay, you no, are. No, I do absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. when we lived and in those... Madison, uh, we used to yep. shop at Coles all the time in Middleton. Yep, so, and all of those coal stores where they always had that, or most of them had that big rounded front on it. They right. Were, that's, yep, very yeah, it's unique. it's kind of like my, uh, my torso right now you're describing, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> all right, we've got uh, questions to answer here with uh, Sam and Luke, and we're starting with Sam, and we're going to start in Howard with Michael. And it's not uh, Howard and Michael, it's Michael in Howard. And uh, he says, my, unfortunately, my uh, father passed away last month. Uh, left his traditional IRA to uh, me and my brother, and I work full-time. I plan to retire in five years. My brother retired last year. So uh, what are the payout options here for uh, this uh, money that we inherited? Well, uh, sorry to hear about your father, Michael. Uh, your options for you and your brother are there. there isn't any they're unlimited basically you can kind of do whatever you want to with the money within some uh, certain parameters that you have to do uh, so one of the things that you have to do uh, if your father I'm assuming if you're going to retire here uh, in a few years that your father was past the age of 72 uh, so that means that you, both you and your brother would have to take a required minimum distribution every year so you do have to withdraw money from that account every year uh, the second thing is you are under the provisions of SECURE Act, which means that since you and your brother are non-spouse beneficiaries of that money, you have to withdraw the entirety of the value of, of, of that account, your share of the value of that account, within 10 years. So that has to be exhausted out of there within 10 years. How you choose to take that money out is entirely up to you. You can take it out in one lump sum, uh, taxes are going to be due and payable on it, uh, obviously, if you're going to do that. I would caution against that, depending upon the size of it, because that could have all sorts of uh, ramifications for you. If if you're coming upon Medicare age, uh, that could cause some nasty surprises if the money is, if it's a high amount uh, with uh, the way you'll be taxed on your, your Medicare. Uh, obviously, it could drive you up some tax brackets. So I would say if you're going to go into retirement, uh, what I would likely do if we were talking was probably look at that um, as a secondary basis basically a 10-year uh, kind of pension for you, knowing that money's got to come out of there, factor that money of your father's into there for the next uh, for that next 10 years or after you retire. Uh, but remember, if you're not going to retire for five years, you've got to get it all out of there five mm -hmm. years after you retire, because that'll be the 10-year anniversary. All righty, let's go to Swamico now. Jennifer is there. She's 64 and unfortunately was forced to, into early retirement because of COVID-19. She says, I'm planning to work until my full retirement age, and my plan uh, was in place to get me there. Uh, so how can I uh, readjust my plan now to make sure that I've got what I need going through retirement? Hi, Jennifer. Sorry to hear that uh, you were forced to retire early. That seems to be a, a common thread today that we're hearing. Um, but one thing you need to do is just kind of step back. What I don't have here are a lot of sort of your numbers. How were you positioned? Was, was you know getting to that full retirement age what you needed to do to, to reach the goal? 
or did you have more buffer bit built in? But just kind of step back and realize that, you know, you kind of just need to reset on the whole planning um, process, um, keeping in mind that because you're prior to age 65, you're going to have to plan and buffer um, some money for health care. You know, how are your income needs right now? What sort of income will you have coming in? Uh, and what will your expenses look like? You know, that's something you're going to want to take a close look at to, to kind of wrap your mind around, you know, what do you need on a monthly basis? How much will you need to draw from your accounts in order to do that? And maybe think about exploring working part-time. I'm not sure if that's an option or not, but um, with earned income, with working part-time, of course, you you open up the door to be able to contribute to those retirement accounts, um, like when you were working full-time, um, just up to certain limits. So I'd say just kind of take a reset, take a step back. If you have additional questions, you know where to find us. You can always reach out, and we'd be happy to kind of walk through the process and do that kind of planning process with you to see um, if you're on track to retire right now or whether, you know, you'd sort of need to pivot and um, do some other things in the meantime. All right. And the way to get a hold of uh, Luke or Sam or Andy at uh, Dual Financial Strategies is to give a call at 866-203-7486. Let's go to John and Nina now, Sam, uh, who is also 64, retired, has a couple of IRAs. Uh, one is a precious metals IRA account, and the other is a traditional IRA. Uh, I'd like to uh, remove a portion from either of these IRAs to put into a Roth account. How would I do this uh, for either IRA, and is it the same process for the traditional IRA as it is for the precious metal one? And how uh, much can be transferred into the Roth in any given year? Oh, multi-barrel question there for you. Yeah. Hey, John. Uh, I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask the last. I'll answer the last question first. Um, there is no limit as to how much that you can move from your traditional IRAs into a Roth IRA every year. There's no monetary limit for that. Uh, the the litmus test there, of course, is what's it going to do to your tax bracket. What is it, you know, is it going to, if you do these Roth conversions, is that going to push you from a 12% tax bracket at a federal level to a 22% tax bracket? Well, that might be something that you don't want to break that threshold because that's a pretty good sized, uh, you know, that's a pretty good size hit to take an extra, uh, an extra 10 cents on the dollar there. But if you're already in a 22% bracket and it's going to push you up to a 24, well, that's a whole nother story. So first consideration would be what's it going to do to my tax bracket, but there's no limitation on how much can be done. And then the second point portion is um, I would need to have more information on how you hold that precious metals IRA to say whether the process is different. The basic process is the same. It comes out of the regular IRA. It moves to the Roth IRA. You pay the taxes on the conversion amount in the tax year that you do that. However, if you own one of these precious metal IRAs where you are holding physical gold, you're holding silver, like we see so many of them advertised today, those in our experience are extraordinarily difficult to liquidate. Very difficult. Um, there, you have to find buyers for the gold in a lot of cases. Uh, you have to have the right sort of timing on that so you catch the markets just right. So if you own precious metal exchange traded funds, well, those are entirely liquid. You can trade those just like you would any stock. So depending upon what type of precious metals IRA you have would dictate how onerous it might be to make that conversion. But the technical process is exactly the same. The traditional IRA where you own whatever you own in it, uh, no big deal there. You can do a conversion straight from the regular IRA over to the Roth IRA and just 
reported on the taxes, have the money withheld when you do it. The precious metals might be a little bit more uh, involved. All righty. Final questions for Luke, and it's Al in Menasha, uh, who uh, says, when buying uh, during dips in the market, does it matter what type of funds to purchase? Uh, for example, uh, should I buy stocks, just bonds, or just stocks and bonds, uh, or other types of funds? 61 years of age, planning to retire at 67, and I've got other uh, resources in case the market does drop. Uh, to help sustain those losses. Hi, Al. You bring up a good question. Um, many people are asking that today. And a lot of what's going to drive sort of the right answer for where and how the investments should be positioned is, of course, your appetite for risk, specifically with these funds, because it sounds like you have some other resources that are available to help these funds, you know, maybe grow or I don't know that there's some unknowns here, but your appetite for risk with these funds is going to be the largest driver and so for many of the families that come and visit with us they like the riskalyze tool that we have right on our website at dualstrategies.com that's d-u-e-l-l strategies.com and right up in the upper right corner there's a tool for riskalyze that's under what's your risk number and so you can walk through that tool uh, that will give you a numeric value between 1 and 99 and once we have that we can start to form an idea of maybe what tools could be used um, there are some other tools that you didn't mention in your list here outside of even stocks and bonds or fixed income and that would be an exchange traded fund these are tools for it's a pooled investment like a mutual fund would be However, they're much cheaper to own, and this is a great way to diversify. This is a great way to target different areas of the market um, that are tending to do better at, at this time. Um, so taking advantage of, you mentioned taking advantage of the dips or investing during times of dips. Uh, there are opportunities now to do that, but you just want to bear in mind this the risk component that you're taking as well so too often i see people just focusing on well how do i get the best return how do i protect the money but you want to do that on a risk adjusted basis and one of the other ways that you can do that um, especially in the environment we're in with interest rates the way that they are and starting to climb is something called tactical management and that is a more hands-on approach um, it's a more effective approach we think in this environment and we're seeing a lot of experts talking about it as the go-to way to invest not for everybody but um it, it's another way that you can invest in this volatile market. All right. Sound advice from uh, both Sam Duell and uh, Luke Van Abel here on Dual Financial Strategies, your retirement program. And remember, it's no cost, no obligation to uh, meet with them about your retirement uh, proposition at 866-203-7486. Sam has penned a book. It's in its second printing called Purpose Determines Placement. And uh, he'll even give you a copy there when you meet with him and discuss your uh, situation in retirement and get that retirement lifestyle review once again 866-203-7486 is the number 866-203-7486 anywhere in the fox valley uh, that you're listening to us and once again it's been a, a wonderful show sam and i know you've got some final thoughts for our listeners don't you 
Yeah, just appreciate everybody listening in this weekend. And uh, in these times where it is so turbulent, it's so tumultuous, we know you're concerned. We know you're worried. We know you're a lot of you're downright scared. So this is the perfect time for you to schedule that retirement lifestyle review. Let's just see where you're at. Let's run some analysis on where you're at and find out, will you be a bear market victim? Are you going to be in trouble over this? Do you need to do some repositioning or are you okay? At least by knowing you can make an education educated decision going forward and an educated consumer is a good consumer. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.